Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 54 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. We're bringing you this episode on September 6th, 2021. Happy Labor Day, hope you're all having a fun Labor Day or whatever. Uh, I'm your host, Lee Paddock, and my co-host, Sterling Hammer. And as always, when we talk about these movies, spoiler alert, so let's just talk about this this wonderful film yeah. that we both loved so much. Yeah, happy Labor <laughs> Day, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing says Labor Day like a movie about loneliness and violence. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, the film that we watched this week, which was chosen by me, Lee Paddock, mm-hmm. was... Uh, Taxi Driver. Uh, and not the fun one with Queen Latifah. That, that movie's not called Taxi Driver. It's just called Taxi, and it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought we were watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, uh, this was definitely a, a different experience than uh, the one that we had last week when we watched Friends with Benefits. We've been flipping and flopping a lot this season. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, both of us have just been choosing whatever movie we're in the mood for. And it's com- it's really highlighting the difference. The difference in our tastes. Because we're both trying to cleanse our palates from the week before. Yes, and this one was definitely uh, <laughs> yeah, a palate cleanser for me. Because this is one of my... Uh, I'm just going to say it right off the bat. Uh, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Of course. Like, maybe... Maybe like number two, like right underneath my favorite movie of all time, which is Jaws. Uh, sometimes, though, I feel like you you always I feel like with a lot of people, their favorite movie changes on depending on what their mood is. So sometimes I, I feel like this is my favorite movie of all time. Mine change like as I'm watching movies. <laughs> yeah, I can't settle on a favorite. Because then I'll see well, something new that's too. really... Yeah, because I'll have, like, things that are like, oh, these are my favorites, like, top tens. But even then, they like I'll see something new, well, and I'm yeah. like, that was really good. I would probably say I don't have a consistent list. It's It would be very difficult to come yeah, up because with. Because you're always seeing new stuff. Yeah, or I'm thinking about things differently, or my mood yeah. has changed. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm not into that comedy or that movie right then. Exactly. But I'm really into this movie right now. Exactly. Movies are subjective. Go watch movies, support theaters. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll be going seeing a movie. I want to we'll see something this week. Okay. Right. Probably uh Shang Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi because we got to support movies in theaters. I don't Everyone know. Go do it. I don't know if I want to see that, but okay. <sighs> Lee doesn't want to support theaters everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to support Disney. Yeah, but this is their uh, test to see if movies can be released because it won't be released on Disney Plus right away. Oh. So it's kind of their test to see if theaters are back. Okay. Then maybe we do have to see it. Just to support. And I heard it's good. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. All right. Well, we're not talking about that. I wanted to talk talk about about something happy for a moment (laughs) before we dive into sadness. Yeah, so this film... uh, 
coming right out of the the mid 70s this is the you know post nixon era so everyone's feeling really cynical and nine, and uh not 911 but uh vietnam vietnam War. has ended people are just feeling really shitty about everything and this movie uh really reflects i feel like what the overall mood was uh in america at that time just everyone just feeling dejected and hopeless and you know mm. maybe this politician will help us but he kind of seems fake just mm. saying all the uh usual bullshit that we've crime, been hearing it's crime ridden yeah the city, really crime ridden cities are crime ridden during that time it was really bad corruption all that shit um it was pre uh rico right yeah pre rico pre just the cleaning up of new york mm-hmm. uh new york is just filthy in this movie yeah. It looks great because there was an actual <laughs> garbage strike going on. Huh. Um which is referenced in the movie Joker. Cuz oh. Joker was heavily inspired by this movie. I could tell that easily. Uh yeah, they they mentioned there's a garbage strike happening in that movie. Well, this movie didn't have to write that in there. This was actually happening. So all the just trash and just filth that you see is it's all real. Yeah. It's all just New York. It was like perfect timing for the directors. Director. Oh, yeah. Martin Scorsese, who we'll talk about in a few moments. Dork. I am a dork for Martin Not Scorsese. Not you, him. He is a dork for cinema. Dork. But, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, what, what Taxi Driver is and what the film is ultimately about. Problematic. It would, yes, it has some elements that you could say are problematic. I would just say it was more provocative. Than but nowadays anything. it's a little more well, because, problematic. Because that's all everything is now. Is somebody's offended by everything. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, so Taxi Driver is about a man named Travis Bickle who uh, suffers from insomnia. And seems like PTSD, really. PS- PTSD, because he's a Vietnam vet. Um, he uh, he uh, he just yeah, he can't sleep. He says he's been riding like subways at night, doing like odd jobs at like weird hours in the night. He goes to porno theaters. And he's always writing to somebody, but who's he writing to? He's writing in a diary. Oh. So he's writing to himself. Sounds like he's writing to his mom or something. I think you do see like that he does write notes to his mother or his parents but his narration in the film i think is his diary entries Mm. so he's just talking to himself basically he's a crazy manifesto he's basically again we're dealing with a a film another film about an insomniac crazy person just like the last film that i chose Fight Club. Yeah, if he had if he had died in the uh, the movie, then the police would have gone to his apartment and been like, "This guy's crazy." He wouldn't have been in a hero. They would have been like, "He's got a manifesto." We're, we're, sk- we're skipping ahead. Okay, but spoiler alerts already. <laughs> yeah, but we're going a little too. We're going a little too far. <laughs> too far. So yeah, like uh, this movie. so Travis decides to get a job as a taxi driver, uh, and he goes down all of the routes basically that nobody else wants to take. And he's working like crazy hours, basically not giving himself a day off because mm-hmm. he can't sleep. And he's uh, 
He feels this this sense of just loneliness and isolation. He's very socially awkward. Uh, it's around everybody, not just women. Yeah, like the when he goes in to get a job at the taxi cab, uh, the taxi cab whatever department. Yeah. Uh, he makes he tries to make some kind of a like funny joke, but it, the guy that's interviewing him is just like, "What are you busting my chops?" I'm going to throw you out right now if you're going to be doing that shit. Yeah, like every time he tries to make a joke in this movie, he gets like shut down. Because yeah. they're bad jokes. Because he's, yeah, he's just. He's a cringe lord. He's just awkward. Mm-hmm. He has no like social. Cues he doesn't know all. the social cues. Um. So yeah, he's he's making a ton of money being a taxi driver, but, you know, it's it's not bringing him any, any more happiness or anything. No. It's just a way for him to not have to uh, just sit in his apartment all the time and just stew yeah. in his own misery. Misery. Uh, but then he becomes uh, infatuated with uh, this woman who works at a uh, campaign office for this politician who's running for president. Uh, and he becomes kind of obsessed with her. He goes on one really bad date with her by taking her to a porno theater. You realize he's just the dumbest cringe lord in the world by this point. He just doesn't understand how to uh, just interact in society, it seems. But just like, even in the 70s, how could you think it's okay to take a girl to a porn movie for the first date? Not dinner? I don't know, cause he's just like oh, people take girls, you know, guys take girls to movies all the time. And it's these not, are the movies I watch. These are the movies that I watch. <laughs> but no, it's like he took, and it wasn't even like really a porno. It was like a French sex ed. It was like some thing. yeah, so it'd be porn German, here. Swedish. But it was porn like, here. Sex education, yeah. At the time, it would be considered porn, cause our, you know. I mean, they were fucking in it. Yeah. And that's why it was shown in an adult movie theater. Yeah. Because, you know, you got... Which is so weird that those existed. (laughs) They were a big thing. Yeah, I'm glad they were destroyed. By by society. Home video porno. Yeah, it's good. Stay at home. That was was actually talked about in uh, another movie we watched called Boogie Nights. (laughs) Watch that episode. Or listen to that episode. Yes, go back. It's a good episode. Uh, So, yeah, this kind of sets... Travis off on a path of vi- like obsession. He becomes obsessed with guns and cleaning up the streets of New York. Yeah. Uh, so he, bas- he, be- he basically becomes a vigilante. But like sh- a crazy one. Well, all vigilantes are crazy. Yeah, I guess. Crazy. I was about to say, yeah, you're right. Um, he shoots a guy in a convenience store. Yeah, he's robbing and he shoots him in the head. And then he like immediately regrets it for like a second. He's like, "Oh shit, I didn't actually mean to kill him or something." Like it's like he meant to do it, but then he's like, once it was done, he was like, "Uh oh." He's like, "I don't have a permit for this gun." Because there's a great scene where he buys all of his guns from this really shady, yeah, uh, dealer who's just the salesman of the salesman. He's like, you know, I I could sell this guy. I could sell this gun for five hundred to this guy in Harlem, but I'm gonna sell it to you to the right people. For this price. It's like, you want a Cadillac? (laughs) 
and get you a Cadillac for $2,000 with the pink slip. As he's trying to walk away. You want crystal meth? You get him any drink. I can get you crystal meth. Get nitrous oxide. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that scene's great. I'd love to know a guy like that. Wouldn't we all? Uh, but yeah, he, like, he's just going crazier and crazier. And then eventually, he meets a prostitute, uh, a child prostitute, uh, um, who at first is trying to uh, run away from her, her pimp. And he freezes up. And yeah, the pimp grabs her, throws him a tw- crumpled up $20 bill. Uh, but then uh, he finds her again, almost runs her over. Mm-hmm. Um, then he kind of like follows her in a really kind of creepy scene. Because he's... That's all. He, that's all his scenes. You mean? Well, he, the whole movie. I guess you could say it's kind of creepy. creepy. Um. Uh, yeah, this movie. Yeah, there's always this sort of weird tension in this like, movie, which is what I like. Do? That's why I like this he film. About to touch her. Yeah. So eventually, he uh, he meets up with her pimp, or he meets up with her and asks her if he can get a date. And he has <sighs> a funny scene with his uh, with her pimp. Yeah, the slimiest slime ball of the, slimeness. Yes, he's just this absolutely disgusting character. And it's it's he just looks so weird because I just know him as Well it's yeah, like it's later Harvey in Keitel. life. Yeah, I know him later in life. So like it's like seeing that kind of face on with long hair and a coke nail and stuff. It is interesting seeing a lot of older a- or actors who we know as Older people now, now. they're they're twenty six and shit and twenties and like maybe early thirties. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Yeah, well, well yeah, we'll talk. But about like the cast fucking, in a moment. it's that scene's so good. He's like, you could fuck a face, fuck a ass. Yeah, it's really disturbing. Like how he's like describing like like how good she is. How she, yeah, it's like ew. It's like, and you can kind of tell Robert De Niro looks not having it. Yeah, he's getting angrier and angrier. Like, you know, you could tell, like, this is the guy I think I'm going to take my anger out on. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I could see myself doing it. And then uh, he sort of becomes obsessed with this child prostitute, but not in a creepy, well, I guess it is creepy still, but not in a... But, like, in a way of wanting to rescue her. He wants to rescue her. He wants to be her savior, because this is a way... And die in the process. This is a way for him to feel like he can matter. Yeah, and I forget, I think you forgot to say, like, this whole time he's obsessing awful because of the the relationship with that woman going so poorly, Mm -hmm. he's obsessing with the 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 current person running for president. That, too, yeah. He starts, because he kind of, like, starts liking him because of her... And then he kind of puts all his anger of her onto he him. Projects it onto him, yeah. And then he starts like. And he even uh, that politician even rides in uh, his Travis's taxi. taxi. But when he's happy, yeah, and he's like, he's re- being really weird and like almost like kind of an obsessive. Yeah, he's like the streets are filthy. They're fucking disgusting. Really, all these somebody's gonna just flush it right down the fucking toilet. And the guy's like, okay. He's like, yeah, it's gonna take some time though, son. Yeah, yeah. He 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 twists it. Yeah, he's be- he being like a politician. Because, you know, this is a cabbie. This guy's going to be talking to people all day. You want him shitting on you all day long? Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, you know, I tell everybody who gets in this cab, they got to vote for you. Yeah. Even though he doesn't know anything about his policies. He doesn't yeah. really care. He doesn't know about anything about anything. Other than eating weird food. He just He's in his own insular Insanity world. Bubble. Yeah. That's just how some people are. 
Um, I hated him. So yeah, he uh, becomes obsessed with Jodie Foster, and he becomes obsessed with this politician, and it all ultimately boils down to him attempting an assassination mm-hmm, on this poli- immediately politician. Immediately bitching out when he gets spotted. Yep. Oh, he shaves his head <laughs> into a really horrible mohawk. Yeah, it's not straight at all. It looks yeah. his hair looks weird for a mohawk. Yeah, it's it's not right. It doesn't look right at all. It kind of reminded me of the um Oh fuck. Who's the guy uh, Kevin Bacon? Do you remember that movie when he uh his family gets like all killed? Oh, death sentence. Yeah, I saw that movie in theaters. And when he shaves his head, but then like when he's trying to look all badass, but then there's pieces of his hair still because you, when you shave your own head, you can't see everything. Yeah. And if you don't take the time and you just do it kind of crazily like him, like just Oh, it's a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing you have to also style your hair and cut your hair into a way that it's like yeah, a mohawk. Maybe that was uh maybe that was inspired by this. I feel like this movie is an inspiration to a lot I, of watching this movie. I did I did start thinking about a lot of movies I've seen and being like, oh, that reminded me of that or this. But I'm like, this one came out first, so <laughs> this is the originator. It's the movie that inspires a lot of people. Weirdly enough, disappointingly enough. But yeah, after uh, his failed assassination attempt, he uh, decides to go back to the the hotel where this pimp is at. Mm-hmm. And Ugh. the and it's also uh, like a mob run L- operation. I'm operation sure, yeah, as well. Yeah, they they probably offer protection and they get a cut. Mm-hmm. Exactly, or it's their operation. And he's just a an associate or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he goes back, and he's he fucking just shoots up the whole place. Yeah, he like he 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 gets kind of in a. It's funny, he gets into an altercation with the pimp out front, and the pimp's like kicking him in the butt, like, get out of here, man. He throws a cigarette at him. Yeah, that was kind of a cool thing, just blam, right into his fucking chest. Get out of here. And he's like kicking him in the butt, and then he he takes out his gun, suck on this. Suck on this, boom, and it shoots him, and then just goes and sits down. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, and he (laughs) falls into the hotel, crawling away. But yeah, that scene where he walks away, and he sits down on like this this stoop Stoop nearby, and he's just like hitting his head, and he's like thinking, like, should I be doing this? And he just goes back. Yeah, he just goes in, and then just that one. The weird. The, there's a creeper guy who's like the the guard of the girls, and you know he's just always like he's like the hotel fav- clerk or yeah, whatever. You no, know, he's just like give me favors and stuff horrible like that. Yeah, um, uh, and he's like, what are you doing? And he just pulls out a giant magnum and just blows bam, his blows hand his off, fucking fingers off. And the guy doesn't even scream. He just stands there yeah. staring at his hand. Yeah, it's like it's almost kind of. It was kind of funny when I first watched it, because then it's I realized such an obviously fake hand, but yeah, but still it's horrifying a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about and that like, later. And then, and then all of a sudden, Robert De Niro just gets shot in the neck. Just it must have been like the luckiest thing. I think it just went like clean through yeah. his neck and didn't hit anything. He gets he lucky a lot during that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost kind of unrealistic. And then he just shoots the fuck out of the pimp. Oh shoots yeah, shoots him in the dick, shoots him in the face, mm-hmm. just obliterates this guy to make sure he's dead. Uh, then the kind the, the mob boss who was getting a uh, who had his hand 
blown off. Oh, that no, yeah, that guy. The like, other the 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 the, the mob bot guy who. Oh yeah, that other saw, guy. Yeah, that other creepy guy. The guy who was glasses. coming to collect the money. That he was terrible seventies like, suit. <laughs> he was getting like he heard the commotion. He was getting like a blowjob from the girl child prostitute terribly. Yeah, awful. Um, and he comes out and he just sh- comes. He shoots up him in the shoulder. As yeah, as Robert Nader is about to finish off the dude with like fuck the hand because the guy with the fuck the hand starts going like I'm gonna kill you. I kill you. <laughs> but then like. So the, the guy he just shoots him in the arm, so he drops his like snub nose, and he just pulls, and then like he yeah falls oh yeah he makes a gun uh a s- rack gun sleeve, and he just fucking just pulls it out this little gun out of his yeah because sleeve. like it's weird at first like why doesn't this mob boss just come up and shoot him in the head? But it's probably like I'm gonna shoot and paralyze this guy, and then we're gonna fuck him up. Like how, we're gonna show this guy how dare you come here. We're right. Gonna fucking make it painful. Do when he some dies. dumb mafia thing. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna shoot him in the kneecaps first, and then shoot him in the dick, and then shoot him in the head, finish him. But then you don't expect spring load fucking from the sleeve, bitch. And he just the way he shoots yeah. him, it's like he's shooting him with a BB gun. Because he's like, blah, blah, blah. he takes like four shots to the face. His face doesn't blow s- up, but his cheeks kind of. You go see like, his cheeks kind of explode a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like they like inflate. And then he's and like he gets like shot in the chest like three times, and then he starts going like oh oh, and then he, he just falls, falls backwards into a uh, into the uh, like into a door through a door into the back into the, the prostitute like ah! <laughs> like, and that's when the fat like guy with a blown off arm starts going like I'm gonna kill you, ah! and like he shoots him in the stomach and he still doesn't die. That guy gets like the most painful. Like well, that guy probably is running on pure adrenaline. Yeah, because he gets his hand shot off, then he gets shot in the stomach. He's just he's trying to like kill this guy, but it seems like he has no strength to do it. He's like slapping him with his like nub arm. Yeah, I mean, and and Robert De Niro has no strength too because he's bleeding from his neck and now arm, and he's just like, (laughs) get off me, man. He keeps hitting him in the head with the gun, but it's not doing anything. And then the guy tries to take the knife that's on. Uh, Robert De Niro's boot. And he stabs him in the his and, good hand. But Robert De Niro, yeah, stabs him in the hand that he has left. And he's just like, ah! And she's just like, don't kill him, don't kill him. And he, boom! He grabs the guy's own gun and just puts it in his Blows his fucking brains out. You hear the... Oh, yeah, you could hear the trickling. Oh, yeah. Of his brains, and the girl just starts screaming, crying. She doesn't talk anymore after that. But. She's just traumatized completely. She's and crying then he, and It's kind of funny. He puts the gun to his head, and he's like, click, click, yeah, click, he's click. Ready to just, yeah, he's ready to kill himself. <laughs> and, then he, and, then he can't, and then he can't get the spring-loaded gun off. <laughs> yeah. The spring, so he's like, I can't shoot myself with that, that shit. So li- that's actually the way it's kind angled, of- he can't. And he's like he's kind of like shooting it towards like the dead body too. Yeah, like, he's like yeah he's trying to like see if it still works if there's a bullet in there so he can shoot himself. And he's like damn it. And then, like, he just, then he just sits on the couch and he's just like I don't I'm dying. <laughs> I'll just bleed here I guess. And the cops come in and this dramatic music's playing. And then you have the crazy scene where he puts his, puts his bloody finger, finger to his gu- temple like a gun. He's it's pretty iconic. Scene. And he passes out and he's a hero. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of have a theory about that ending. Do you think it's like all an imagination? I do sort of feel like it's a dream. Like he never shot all those people up. Well, no, because Maybe. they mention it, or that he might have like. I don't know. I just feel the like woman there's something. Mentions it. She's like, "I saw you in the newspaper." There's just something unreal about how that ending it feels. You know? Did you notice that? Like how everything almost kind of seems like happier. He has his normal hair again, just immediately. Well, because it, well, it's not immediately. He has the. I think it's months and months later. Because like, he was in the hospital. He was in a coma for like three months. I guess. And and then and yeah, like, you after that it op- it uh, it, you hear this uh, narration from uh, 
the prostitutes, the child prostitutes' father, yeah. who wrote him a letter saying, "Oh, we're glad you got us our uh, our baby back." And yeah, we li- we're farmers in Pittsburgh. They look like they're seventy. They look like their grandparents. But that was a thing in the seventies. I've noticed that in a lot of seventies movies. A lot of late boomers. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that because I think they invented Viagra around that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, gross. <laughs> gross. And people just didn't take care of themselves as well. So That's, they just looked yeah. worse. Even the the twenty six year olds in this movie look like they're forty. Yeah. You're like what? Robert De Niro is. T- 26 when he made this movie looks like he's 40. Yeah, yeah, it's like they just didn't know about lotion or drinking water. <laughs> like it's, yeah. But yeah, uh so So yeah, Travis is proclaimed a hero at the end of this film even though if he had assassinated a politician, he, he wouldn't be he a hero. Been a villain. And also, if he had died there, they would have gone to his apartment and found all the crazy shit. They would have found he all He would this, not have been a hero. Yeah. Would have been a <laughs> terrible person. Like a crisis averted. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I just feel like that whole the whole ending just I don't has know, this does, I don't get unreal. That. I don't get it because it. of the fact that the woman that you get that narration, you see the scar that's all healed up. They all treat him differently. The cabbies kind of treat him like. Uh. But I also think it's not a super happy ending, though. No, no, I don't believe that either because the craziness isn't gone. Because you have that scene at the very, very end, right before the end credits roll, where the the music kind of like skip reverses over itself. And it sounds like and he like look, and he looks at himself in the mirror, like really. And then crazily. the lights start flashing again. And it's like, uh oh, we're right where we are in the beginning, We're where we were at in the beginning. Because all that did was scratch an itch for a second. And it's like, who's he gonna take his anger out on next? Is it gonna be know, like, he gonna more innocent like, people? Prostitutes or... Yeah, is it gonna be more innocent people? Is he gonna like commit a mass shooting in like a like grocery store or something? Is he gonna kill a politician for real? Is he gonna actually be successful? Or not even successful? Is he gonna just shoot a politician and then get killed himself? Yeah, because he didn't he didn't ultimately get what he wanted was which was to die. Yeah, yeah, he does seem to kind of have like a little bit of a death wish. And then he's just like in the same life, just a cabbie, Can't, shitty might, apartment. Might not even still be able to sleep. Or yeah, he might still be an insomniac. Yeah. I love this film. You identify with insomniacs too much? I do weirdly identify with this character. You gotta start running, Lee. I do run. I exercise. You gotta start Travis exercise. Bickle exercised too, but it didn't seem to do that much for him. You know, he was doing uh, pull-ups and push-ups where he's like clapping in the middle of them. He's burning himself. Yeah, he's holding his arm over a fucking stove, just giving himself like a pain test or whatever. So weird. Yeah, this movie is just unsettling. That's the whole point. There's not a mo- moment in this movie where it's not like until even when it's kind of going quote unquote good for him, like just in that slight beginning part with the girl, right? You're still like this is still until it's gonna he's go ruining wrong. It. Yeah, he's so weird. That's yeah. That's why I love this film so much. Is that just disturbing feeling? That sick feeling you get. <laughs> This is for me, I guess it's like, it's kind of a mood movie for me. I like watching it when I'm kind of in a really 
I have those, sort of but they're happy. State of, yeah, I know. I like movies that kind of uh, get me, lo- you know, sort of get me lost in the emotions of these sort of dark characters. I don't know how you could watch it multiple times either. Once you know what happens, it's happened. There's nothing really enjoyable to watch again. Well, for me, there's things to discover, like in the filmmaking and in the background. Like I guess that's true. Little things in the background that I didn't notice before. Yeah. Very well, true. Very true. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the people who are in this film. A lot of unknowns. Well, actually, I want to start off with uh, the director. Um. Maybe my favorite director of all time. Uh, Spielberg. I, he's still up there, but Martin Scorsese, I think, is my favorite director. I love how all the directors in the 70s look like Spielberg and uh, Scorsese. they all just white guys with beards and long hair. They kind of were. Yeah. And they wore jeans. These were the, the, the hip young kids. So Coming, crazy. Breaking into the movie industry. They now saved old it, kind of. men gatekeepers. Kind of, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Spielberg sold out They became out a what bit. they hated. Not Scorsese. Scorsese's still making really interesting movies. He's like the only one. That's why he's my favorite, I would say, because his movies are still really great. He stayed true to himself. He did. And he gets to make really big movies, too. Movies with big budgets. Mm-hmm. And he still gets to make them in a way where it's like, yeah, this is a Scorsese movie. This isn't some corporate... Yeah, you can tell when it's a Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I absolutely love him. I think... I think... I think this might be my favorite movie of his. Um... I think he said that this is probably one of his favorites of his own films. Was it his first movie? No. He had done a couple movies before this. But this was the movie that kind of made everybody go, whoa, who's this Martin Scorsese guy? This is also one of the first movies that Robert De Niro did. Although, he had won the Oscar the previous year (laughs) before this movie came out for Godfather Part 2. Okay, that makes sense. He's great in that movie, too. He's only 25 in that movie? Or 24? 24. Yeah, he's really young in that movie. But he's excellent. And he's excellent in this film, too. We'll get to him in just a second. Scorsese actually has two roles in this film on camera. I know the one. Well, not two roles. He's oh. got a brief cameo earlier in, uh, in the beginning of the film when we first meet uh, the girl that... De Niro's character is uh, infatuated with. Yeah. He's just kind of sitting there looking all cool. Staring at Robert. Staring at the camera. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then there's another scene where he actually gets lines and he plays a really fucked up guy who gets into De Niro's taxi. That was him? That was Martin. Yeah, I told you. That's I didn't, I didn't remember that. I don't remember you telling me that was him. Yeah, that was Martin Scorsese. That's weird. Martin Scorsese has this role as this crazy, not crazy, but this guy who I guess. The guy who's gone crazy. Yeah, he's gone crazy. He just got a divorce. No. He found out his wife is cheating on him. Oh, She's right, cheating yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah. 
And this is yes. And, and and this is the seventies. Okay, trigger warning. We don't feel these way, but this is the seventies. They're highly racist times, and it's with a black man, and it makes him even angrier. Oh yeah, he says the N word. Yeah. Uh. So and he's <laughs> he makes Robert De Niro park in front of their apartment. Yeah, and he keeps going like, "What did I? I, I didn't tell you to go." I, 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 he turned the fucking meter. It's like I, I'm paying for this. It's okay. Yeah, turn it back on. Turn, turn it back, back on. on. I'm not getting out. I'm not getting out. I'm just going to sit here. This is a really weird scene. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you ever seen what a 44 Magnum does to a woman's face? What about her vagina? What about her pussy? Yeah, that's that you should see. That's you should see. see what, you should see what a 44 Magnum pistol could do with a woman's pussy. That's you should see. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that line's <laughs> the only f- time I actually chuckled in this whole movie. Because <laughs> it's so fucked up. He's like, what do you think about that? And you just see... De Niro's face going like, maybe I kind of like that. Maybe I want to do that myself. Yeah, because he's like, this woman's fucking him over. Like, to people who are just, like, fucking over other people. And yeah, this is right after his uh, bad date with uh, yeah Betsy. So he hates women right now. He's yeah. a typical, what we would call nowadays, an incel. He is. He's an early incel. You could definitely say that. They didn't have. They didn't even think about that term back then. But that's no, because what they didn't is. have mass shootings like we do. No. Well, he did. He t- technically, he did commit a mass shooting. No, yeah, but they wouldn't. They weren't having those like every fucking day like we do. And he went after drug low dealers, lives. Low lives. Yeah. Even nowadays, if you did that, you'd still go to jail for killing people. You're for not sure. allowed to just go to a crack den and shoot a bunch of people. Because now it's like we kind of feel more bad. We feel. There's law and order. Criminals. We just can't let people start doing that. There's more law and order, and it's like occasionally we, you're gonna get innocence. And we know a little bit more about how people become criminals. It's not always like they're just bad. Bad, and also, what happens? You fuck up. You go to the wrong house. You just go to some random house and shoot them all up, thing in their crack den, and you're crazy. And we allow vigilantes, and it's like, no, that was just someone's home, and you shot up right. a family. <laughs> well, yeah. And now I guess we should. Uh, I guess we should just start talking about him now. Talk about Robert De Niro. We've been talking about plays the titular taxi driver. I think we need to talk about the saddest character, Jodie Foster. Okay, she shouldn't be allowed in this movie. It's debaucherous. It's too problematic. No, it's it's. I can see what they're going for, but it's like I think they they really, really. He really was like like putting on the tightest short. Like really, like did you have to be doing all that stuff? She was a prostitute. And I that's like they were passing dressing. her around. This was seventies Hollywood. I don't think so. I really don't. Like there was actually there was they said there were like over two hundred actresses who auditioned for the role. And he's like 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18. 12? Got him. <laughs> yeah. He picked the youngest one that auditioned. No, there were. Uh, it was meant for a a younger. I know, I know, because that's it's what's supposed to make it more jarring. Like, why? There's tons of prostitutes. Why would Robert Niro wanted to save a random prostitute? Yeah, it had. Yeah, it, it has to be like a child. That makes it way more just like whoa. Yeah, and it's it's disturbing. Yeah, because she plays the role well. Yeah, Jodie Foster is great in this movie. This is one of my favorite roles. You forget of hers. about Jodie Foster. She hasn't done a lot recently. But which she I'm was really like. 
a huge 70s, 80s, 90s, 90s even early 2000s. She's a two-time Oscar winner. And then about mid-2000s, she just... She came more of a... I think she focused more on directing. Isn't she a lesbian? She is, I she think. She came out. I think she re- came out like a couple of years ago, actually. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's Wasn't she cool. going out with Ellen for a minute? No. Ellen's been married to the same person for a while now. Oh, okay. A woman from uh, Arrested Development, the show. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, Jodie Foster is great in this movie. Um, she because really she really the sadness. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's just like she really just reminds you that she's a child. Yes. She really plays up the innocence. Yeah, yeah, because she's like saying these like horrific things, but then she's going like ding dongs and like when yeah when they're having their little like lunch together in the diner. Yeah, you could tell like she's just a kid. She's still just a normal kid. Yeah, she gets like uh, toast and puts sugar on it. Toast and yeah, sugar and jelly on it. And she puts a bunch of sugar on it. And the way she talks is even childish. Yeah, she's like she's talking how she thinks an adult should talk. Yes, and a child that's gone through horrible things. Yes, because I can only imagine what her Johns were saying to her. Yeah, it's and especially the way the guy was selling her. He was selling her like, oh, she's a hot piece of twelve year old ass, like twelve and a half. Yeah, years twelve and old. a half. It's gonna be your best because she's so like, ugh. it's gonna make your cock explode. That's what he yeah. says. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. And she's just some girl who grew up on a farm, started going becoming a teenager. Her parents probably couldn't handle it. They fought, she ran away, and then she did just picked up. Well, she did run away. Yes, I know that. It's what happens to a lot of girls. It's unfortunately. America it's very sucks. sad. America sucks. That's another reason why, hey, sorry if you're a trucker out there. I'm a driver on the road and I hate you, so go kill So do I. So don't, Fuck don't, you. Don't, don't do that. But hope your jobs are yeah, taken Yeah, hope they're away. disintegrated and then child prostitution and sex slavery in America will go down a lot. <laughs> and the freeways will be easier safer. to drive on. And safer. And safer. With robots. Yes. And robots don't fuck 12-year-olds, so... <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying all truckers do, but, you know, the biggest dens of, like, prostitutes and, like, sex prostitutes, like, children. always finding them in the back of these little... Truckers. Tru- yeah. 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 What's up with that, huh? Pull over to the right. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, Jody. yeah, Jodie Foster is just Real great. sells it. And, uh... Makes you really feel bad for her. Even, but even back then, it was still, like, controversial... She was so young. Yeah. They wouldn't have cared back then if she was 16. We'd care now if she was 16. Um, but yeah, back he, then they would have been like, 69, you know, it's basically 18. They, they would have been okay. But yeah, 13, 12, 12 and It's half. like she looks so, and she it, looks 12. She looks she like a child. She does not look like a grown-up 12-year-old. It's You're not like, she, she's 12, she looks 16, 17. No, it, she's a hard 12. She could be 11. It like, really like, just unsettles you the whole time. It does. I and that scene that she has with her pimp where they're yeah. dancing. And oh. she, because she's like, kind of like, I want to leave. And then he's like, but come on, baby. No, like, oh, I love no one you. loves you more than me. And he's like, you know, like, I hate doing this to you. And he's like, I only want you for me. And, like, and they're slow dancing. And it's like, you know, like, he's been Can't grooming. Can't wait for his dick to get shot off. He's been grooming her. Yeah, he's hardcore grooming. And you just want his dick to get shot off. And it does. It's disgusting. And yeah, you want her to be free. But you also, like, you don't want her to be traumatized at the end. 
Yeah, seeing them all get their fucking heads obliterated, but also like whatever. What else was gonna rescue her? At this Not point, the police. yeah. At this point, yeah. They were just gonna keep drugging. Yeah, because they she said that they keep her stoned. They keep her stoned, and, and, and oh man, I was a stone when I wanted to run. And eventually, she was gonna get pregnant, and then like they were gonna throw her out, and then she's just fucked at fourteen. Like she was only twelve, and she was gonna have to continue doing that life. No. Yeah. I mean, the kids, people, women do it all the time, and it's just horrible. You just yeah. Stop it. But yeah, her her storyline is probably the most problematic or provocative. It's the only person I care about in the movie. I figured. <laughs> She's Darrow, the most innocent. I kept hoping Robert. I was upset that he didn't die in the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to be dead. All right. I thought the police were going to run in there and shoot him. Thinking he was still an active threat. I would have been okay with him living or dying. Dead. (laughs) All right. Well, then we'll move on to uh, move on to uh, the woman that kind of sets Robert De Niro's character off. Yeah, even though she's not in it a whole lot. No, but she she is an important character. Yeah, definitely. Her name is. uh, Betsy, she's played by an actress named Sybil Shepard. She was like the example of what the 70s thought was was a pretty woman. She is pretty. Oh no, she definitely, most definitely is, but like it just, she's, I feel like the beauty standards of the 70s. Blonde. Blonde, white girl, perfect skin. It changes because in the like 80s, it starts becoming more punk rock girl. A little bit, yeah. She's like that 90s. Jazzercise girl. 90s, you start getting like like more and more men going like, oh, black girls though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, even in the seventies, in the late nineties, you start getting like, 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 ooh, Latina, Selena, uh, <laughs> Shakira, Shakira. In the two thousand, now we're just like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Betsy is this woman. She play. She works at this. I don't know what she does. I guess she's just like she works at a volunteer center. But she work. No, she works for the campaign of the president. But she works at like one of their ma- their main New York office. Yeah. So she's not a volunteer. She's getting paid for her work. She organizes the volunteers. Yeah, she's based, she's almost kind of like running that whole department. Yeah, her and her. that guy seem like they're the head of it. The yeah. Well, yeah, I'll briefly that mention him. <laughs> He's funny. I like him. I thought his he was going to get his brain His name's Tom. Off. I was really hoping his head got blown off. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah, so she becomes just the object of Travis's obsession kind of yeah he's just sitting out in front of the the office just kind of looking at her and that guy has to like come out like hey, you think you can move your cab and he just whoosh, busts just. out of there <laughs> and then after their horrible date well no they actually have a nice like little, like, little coffee date yeah a little coffee date after he goes in there and uh well you were just cringing that whole scene Ugh. But he goes in there and asks her out. I hated it. And he's like, I think you're a lonely person. <laughs> and I want to take you away from all of this. Cringe, uh, milady. <laughs> pretty much. He's like, like I, I think that guy you work with is really silly. I mean, it's not that I don't like him. I just think he's silly. <laughs> he's not a, he, I don't think he uh, has his attentions in the right spot. Because he's just... He's like, you're mine. Jealous fuck already, yeah. He'd be horrible to date. He would be. 
That's I think that's the whole point. Becomes like abusive like immediately. Yeah, after uh, she's she just wants to leave. He's grabbing her really hard. He's like, you talk? Can you just talk to me? He's like, ah, get away from me! You're terrifying. He buys her uh, an album she She, already had. (laughs) Yeah, and Uh, like buys her tons of flowers. Try to get her. Then you got the the scene that Martin Scorsese says is the most important, where he calls Betsy after like the fiftieth time. And uh, he's just is just embarrassing himself so much so that the camera turns aw- just drifts away from him like, please and just him. focuses on an empty hallway. Like wanting this to be over. Like the mo- yeah, the movie can't even watch him. The movie's embarrassed for him. Yeah, and it just shows his his isolation and his loneliness even more. Good. So it's a good scene. Whenever he was really sad, that was when and I That's was pretty happy. much, yeah, the last that we hear or see of Betsy for a while. Yeah. Well, he goes and confronts her. Oh, yeah, there's that scene. Where he's like, you're, you're just... You're going to li- die in, like the rest of them. <laughs> you're like, living in a hell, and you're going to die in hell like the rest of them. It's like, dude, why didn't they shoot him right then? <laughs> well, they have a cop. An old shitty beat yeah, cop, come back here, kind of like waddle, walk, up waddle up to him, and he's like miles ahead at that point. He's New York fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Boo. But she's she's really good in this film. For what she is, yeah. For uh, the time that she has, mm-hmm. um, and the kind of role, I guess. Yeah. More of just like an object of obsession. She has some of the smoothest skin I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. No wrinkles. Yeah, and you know, she's it's pretty progressive for a movie in the 70s to have a woman who's kind of in a position of power. Yeah. You know, kind of dominating that guy with the glasses <laughs> a little bit. Tom. Emasculated. Played man. by Albert Brooks, who... uh some of you might know as a... You would net recognize his voice if you ever watched The Simpsons. Did a lot of voice work on The Simpsons. Uh, I, even though you hate this movie, Sterling, mm. he was in uh, Drive. He was the God. mob boss. He was who? He was the mob boss in that movie. Remember? He was? Wasn't the guy who was Hellboy the Hellbo- the mob boss? He was one of the other mob bosses. That guy's brother. But this was the guy who was more, like, respectable. I haven't seen it in so long, I can't remember. He's the guy who slits Brian, spoiler alerts, but he slits Brian Cranston's wrists. Yeah, in, like, a horrible way. Like, from He's elbow that to, guy. like, wrist. That's Albert Brooks. But doesn't he kill him, too? No, drive, the driver kills yeah. Albert Brooks, yeah. Yeah. But then he gets, like, stabbed or whatever. Yeah, and then just bleeds out in his car, and it's a stupid, dumb movie. Fuck you, that movie's awesome. Movie's garbage, don't watch it, I don't recommend it. Why did did we have to see that with you, so I could show that movie to you? I'm glad I didn't watch it. You and our friend were laughing the whole time. Yeah, this movie's dumb. Me and my other friend that we were with, we were just like, fuck, we like this movie. (laughs) They were like, this movie's dumb. They said three words. It was like a complete even split. Speak, speak. You say words. He didn't have dumb, to. Dumb, dumb. Ryan Gosling doesn't have to. He's a mute to. dumb in that movie. Ryan Gosling is a great actor. 
with just he his is. and he was wasted in that movie face wasted potential no it's a great film it's better than only god forgives well, that movie's garbage. That movie's terrible. But just you need to add a little more comedy to this movie, a little more action, a little more romance. It would have been a great movie. Sure, everything's thrilling. That's what I thought it was gonna be. Really? Not just some like autistic guy who steps on people's heads. No. <laughs> no, this is a very, very dark, terrible, dingy, horrible, depressing film. Garbage. A very and a very disturbing film too. Which is all the reasons why I love it. So, okay, let's talk, I guess, about... We'll highlight, I guess, the last major cast member. Uh, Harvey Keitel. Yes. Who plays Matthew slash Sport, the <laughs> pimp. The creepy man. Very Yeah, very slimy. Slime ball. Just, just, like, just the, mo- the definition of a lowlife. Yes. The definition of what was bad with the 70s. Just scum. It's people, yeah, it's taking advantage of children. And he has sex with them, too. And he's he's grooming them, and it's just, ugh. This car- and he's got this nasty coke nail that he painted red. Yes. And you're just like, God. And it must- just stands out, and you're like, what the fuck? He must just be the worst person and to he's, know. He's got these, like. All this jewelry on, these horrible rings. I know. He yeah. wears a wife beater. The scene has a lot of, like the, like the scene when the taxi drivers are in the, the the cafe and all the pimps are in there just waiting. Oh, yeah, and that's that's when you kind of realize that Travis is a bit of a racist. Because he's staring at him. Because he's just looking at him like, mm, I don't like I don't like them. And he kind of looks at that one other black cabbie who kind of messes with him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he kind of looks at him. But then he's like one of the only ones who actually pick up black people. That's he's true, yeah, because yeah, he says in his narration, he says a race, calls him a racist term, but he still is the one of the only cab drivers who will pick up African Americans. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't care. He he's just doing anything. his job. He, he and he, in, in the beginning of the film, he... Uh, he picks up this guy, this old businessman who's with a prostitute, mm. and they fuck in the back of his taxi. Yeah, and he's clean the semen. He's out. like, I, every night I gotta clean out the cum. Some nights I gotta clean out the blood. He doesn't even wash his hands. Yeah, he just wipes it with a rag, and that's it. <laughs> Ugh, disgusting. He's a gross person. Probably the things smell. he like, you could just see from the things he eats. Yeah, like, like. Torn up white bread, bread with sugar in a like cereal bowl. Yeah. And you're like, what? And he puts like kind of janky. And he like pours like honey or something on it. Yeah, like maple syrup or I maple think. syrup, some kind of weird. Like, or it was like peach or something. What do you like peach syrup? Peach syrup. Why are you doing this? Because he just doesn't give a fuck at that point. He's eating like horrible shit, like quarter pounders. The fun thing about watching these old movies is that you get to see like what. The logos of all the things that we know and love today are like all the yeah all the old logos from back then yeah the quarter pounder logo is very basic it's a little white box with red lettering on it advertisement was a little more basic back then they Mm -hmm. hadn't perfected it yet or it wasn't the be all end all of American society but it is now yeah 
Boo. Why can't we shove commercials everywhere, everywhere, everywhere? Well, yeah, Times Square, you know. I th- no, we don't see Times Square in this movie, I don't think. No, Times Square, then uh, that era, though, would have been debaucherous prostitutes and dirty dens. Yeah, we see 42nd Street, which is one of the more infamous areas of that time. It's where all the porno theaters and sh- uh, sex shops and now prostitutes really are. Now they really like Apple stores. And <laughs> well, New York is a completely Barnes different place. It's still <laughs> kind of dirty, but... Or really but dirty, but it's funny to think that in the 1976, Barnes and Noble was on its death march of bookstores, uh, book companies in uh, America, because that was killing. that was the era that Barnes and Noble was just gobbling up everybody, it's killing all the bookstores. They were the evil ones before for bookstores. Until Amazon, and now it's like Barnes and Noble keep protect them, <laughs> must save them. They're the only ones left. The only line left. All so, right. well, yes, yeah, I guess we're done talking about Mr. Cart. Kaitel. I really like him in this film. I'm glad he's dead. In the movie. Yeah, he's not dead. Harvey Keitel's not dead in real life, everybody. Robert De Niro is, though. Sorry. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. New York is, though. At the time of this podcast, COVID hit it. Floods. It's destroyed. Sorry. I hope everyone in New York governor. is fine. <laughs> yeah, they're, they, don't have a go- they have a governor, but turmoil. Um. Well, before we get to my opinion, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's questions. 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 Hum. Questions for Lee. Hmm. Let's get some questions. Wow. What? <laughs> Lee. First off. First off. How old were you when you first saw this movie? Um. I think when I watched this movie, I think I was like sixteen. Too young. Um, <laughs> no, it was kind of around the how. Era. How did you see? Like, how did it go? Like, did you just did you? Well, I'd did always you seek kn- this movie out. Did you just see I, it? I'd always known. Well, yeah, I'd always like heard about it. Um, it was really it was kind of when I was getting into Scorsese. Mm-hmm. I had just watched Goodfellas okay. for the first time. Um, or not for the first time. I think maybe. Like I'd already, yeah, I'd already kind of maybe had recently watched Goodfellas again. I was like, I want to watch Scorsese's other movies, and this movie just happened to be on one of the movie channels, and I watched it, and I was completely enamored with it. From the get go, you loved it. Yes, it wasn't one of those movies you had to sit on. No, I, I, I instantly loved it. I don't know what it was about it that appealed to me so much. Well, I guess I now I can articulate it. Maybe, you know, I can I'll I'll sum it up during my final thoughts. But yeah, I uh was a, was a teenager when I first watched it just like with many of the other movies I've chosen. I guess you already answered this is your favorite Scorsese movie. Yes. Yes. And is it any and it's one of your favorite movies. Top two. Yeah. Top five at least. Definitely, yeah. Even more than Storks, which is crazy. Um, I know, right? <laughs> baby powder. Just came last night. It's baby powder. Baby powder. <laughs> Come on, see that's the That's the only good thing in that movie. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, a lot of my questions were answered well. Sorry. Well, since you love it so much, mm-hmm. 
What's a critique? Critique? What is a critique? What's something that you don't like about it? What's something? Well, my when I was when I was thinking about it before we watched the movie, I was thinking that my critique was going to be of the ending, or at least the climax with the shooting, because I always kind of thought it was sort of awkwardly handled. Because that scene is actually cut down a lot. Oh, it's a lot longer. It was a lot more violent. Oh. The he so here's there's actually a little bit of a story behind it. Uh, when Scorsese was cutting this film, and this story is actually, I'm gonna kind of talk about the real story of it, and then what became sort of an urban legend that was sort of based off of this. So what ended up happening was Scorsese had finished cutting the movie together with his editor and he showed it to the studio executives and then the head of the MPAA was there. The MPAA are are the people who rate movies, Mm -hmm. right? And so when the film was finished, uh, the head of the MPAA was like, yeah, we're going to give this movie an X rating, See, X rating was the original NC-17 rating. That meant that only people who were 17 and over could go into the film, which would kill business uh, entirely. But how? Why, why, why would they think children need to see this movie? Well, it's not children. Just like, I don't know. Because, no, 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 it's not it even that. advertising? It's the, yeah, the advert Because, uh, yeah, advertisers don't want to advertise an adult movie. They think NC-17, X rating, is porno. Yeah. Right? So Scorsese was furious, to say the least. And they told him, like, well, you're going to have to, like, cut the violence out if you want it to be, if you want it to go out with an R rating or an appropriate rating so mm. this movie could be advertised. Um, and so he was just, the this is the real story. He was really just, like, frantic, he's getting really pissed off, and uh, lo and behold, his good friend, one Steven Spielberg, oh goodness, uh, gave him some advice about how to kind of cheat the MPAA a little bit, and told him, why don't you just change the color of the blood a little bit, from like, you know, really kind of dark red where it looks a little bit more realistic, to more like a kind of bright orange-ish color, because that's kind of what it looks like in the movie. Yeah. Um, This movie isn't anywhere near violent like today's standards. No, but back then this was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, It wasn't the first movie to have like a huge violent shootout or anything. And he definitely goes way more violent in his later movies. For sure, yeah. Goodfellas is more violent. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But then, so yeah, he, he changed the color of the blood and then he got an R rating. But the urban legend that's associated with that story is really interesting. That he was, that Scorsese wasn't just like a little like frantic about cutting his movie down. He almost was ready, they say that he was almost ready to murder the head of the MPAA because he didn't want anybody touching what he thought was his masterpiece at the time. So he thought if he murdered him, it wouldn't get an X rating? He thought that would be his only decision. 
or that was the only uh, choice that he had. And his friends caught wind of this, and they all, for like the an entire night, they all sat with Scorsese and convinced him it would be terrible to fucking murder somebody over your film. And everybody grew up a little bit that night. You know, Spielberg, I think, yeah, all of his good movie-making buddies. Spielberg, George Lucas, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Long brown hair, all as far as I can see. They all look, yeah, they all look the same, kind of. Well, George Lucas had more of like a perm haircut. Of course he would. He was the weirdo of the group. (laughs) I'll make you Star Wars. They all picked on him, except for Spielberg. he's making nerdy, dorky shit. Spielberg was the only one Because his fans weren't cool. Spielberg and Lucas were the nerds of that group. Ah, Jaws. Like, the, like, still. Then fucking Spielberg made E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. True. Those true, two true. were like the closest, I would say, in that whole group. Yeah. Hmm. So. Well. Yeah. So what, how... So it... The only thing that made it more violent was the blood would have been darker, or did they cut out scenes of him like chopping off hands and shit? Well, if you can, you can kind of see that there's a little bit of like kind of choppy editing during that scene. Yeah, things. It seems. I wonder if they focused more like on his whole bleeding and maybe the hand. I'm sure. Yeah, there's probably way more explicit uh, graphic violence that we didn't see. Uh, but yeah. But watching it again, like, the ending didn't really bother me this time. Because I feel like it should be kind of frantically cut together. Yeah, because also, like, it's just, it's not a guy, I mean, I guess he's, like, a trained soldier, so he knows how to shoot a gun, but he's not, like, he yeah, was so lot, crazy at that point, he wasn't thinking of tactics. and Yeah, it's sloppy. And he's fighting just, like, normal gangsters and shit. <laughs> yeah. So now I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, now I don't, now I don't know what's. What I can say would be a criticism. I guess. Fuck. Damn, there's got to be something wrong with it. <laughs> well, I could find something wrong. Well, you just don't like these types of it's movies. Too long. I don't even think that. By then you're just like, okay, third ending, let's get it going. No. Hard after the coma. Could have just ended there. Maybe. Maybe I don't I don't know. Maybe things wrap up a little too neatly at the end, but not really. Not with really the crazy look. Yeah. And I kinda like the sort of like dreamlike feeling of it. Like there's that shot of Betsy in the back seat. You see her in the rear, the rear view mirror. And she's all looking regretful. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the camera's kind of like spinning around a little bit. I don't know. Something really, something really, some, there's something just stands out about that shot, to me. Fuck. I didn't get that from it. It's because you not you don't pay attention to those it's things. It's like ended. Because like, oh. you were done with this movie at that point. Yeah. About an hour and I was done. I hated this movie. Okay, let's just... Okay, you don't have a critique. Um, <laughs> no, this movie's perfect I'm going to give my opinion of it. hated every 
millisecond, the sec opening scene, hate, ending scene, hate. I don't like this movie. I don't like the acting in it. I mean, there's certain actors I like the performances, sure, but like I just it's so cringy. Definitely was turtle mode most of this movie. Had to put my ears and my fingers in my ears, close my eyes, go cornholio, just to try to avoid some of the horrendous torture I was going through. It wasn't as graphic and violent as I thought it was going to be. I was expecting casino style or uh, Goodfellas style shit. Um, I like Jodie Foster, but that's only because she's the only character I have sympathy for. Because I'm She's so disgusted. Pretty much the only character you are supposed to have sympathy for. I, I feel also I feel bad for Betsy because it's like she has to deal with this creepy fucking weirdo who for days just stares at her and yeah. then randomly busts into her work and goes, "You're lonely and you should go out with me and I'll make you feel better." And it's like, "Okay, buddy." And then She's intrigued by him at first. Yeah, cuz he's so like brave and she's Yeah, he's got confidence. Yeah. Where's that nice Organized. Organized. And it's like oh. I got one of these days I gotta get organized. And she's like, What? <laughs> you stupid dumb shit? No. She's like, Oh, it's like one of those signs that say Thimk. And he's just like I don't know what that is. It's like God, I hate you, Robert De Niro. Wish this would have been the death of your career. That was the birth of it. The birth of it, yeah. Blech. Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, one of a bit of trivia is that Robert De Niro actually worked as a taxi driver for a minute Just to, to get, get research. Deal. Yeah, to do research for the role because this was in his method acting point in his career. Yeah, when he, he hadn't settled into just being he Robert was a De Niro, super method actor at that point. He eventually just becomes Robert De Niro in every movie. Yeah, he end he end developed his persona at this point. Which is kind of why I think this is probably my favorite performance of his. Because it's like one of the most different. It's one of his more unique performances, Other yeah. Than the intern. No, he's just Robert De Niro in that movie. No, he's a nice, friendly grandpa. No, he's Robert De Niro. He's never been a friendly grandpa in anything else but that. He's been a good person in, other, in films. <laughs> no. Yeah. He only plays bad people. No, he's played... Gangsters, murderers. Abusers. Autistics. He only plays bad people. Name one movie other than *Intern* where he plays a good person. He did a movie with Robin Williams where he plays a guy who has like sleep paralysis, and he's like takes part in an experiment where he can get his sleep paralysis taken away for a minute, and he he's not a horrible person in that. Sounds horrific. It still sounds like a horrific movie. It's called *Awakenings*. Yeah, it sounds horrible, and it probably is horrific things are done to him in that movie. Okay, cool. But he's not a horrible person. I bet if I watched it, I'd be like, Lee, he is a horrible person. Like, well, now, you know, watching it again, he actually is kind of a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, eats puppies or something. Like, uh, okay. There's Meet the Parents. It's not horrible in that. Okay. I'll give you that. Meet the Fockers. Bad Grandpa. No, he's pretty horrible in that. No, Bad Grandpa's a different one. Um, no, no, no. The one with the Zach Brazil. Efron. Zach Efron, that one's a good one. Yeah, Brazil. What's Brazil? Kind of a sort of a cameo in that movie. Just murdering somebody? No, he plays like this freedom. I can't explain that movie right now. I right, have to watch it. it. 
Um, but okay, so for me, because I know, yeah, it's shot nicely and it's directed nicely. And bleep, 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 bleep. I didn't even get to mention the writer. The writer of this movie is somebody who I also really like, named Paul Schrader. He's written many films that not many films, but he's written a couple of films that I really liked, and is also a good director in his own right. Just wanted right. to mention that. I was talking, but okay. Sorry. <laughs> I like the way Chris Elias does this. Like, what? Was I talking? Were words coming well, out Chris, of my mouth? Chris is problematic. Oh, pfft. You're not allowed to say that and watch this movie. Um, <laughs> if you like this movie, you're not allowed to say Chris is problematic. Um, <laughs> okay, fart away. <laughs> I give this movie... I don't like it. I'm going to give it a three. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I don't even particularly like the acting because it's cringe to me. I get it's good. I get he's the character. He's really good at being that character. That's what he wanted. And that's, he's a re- it feels like, okay, this is real because people like this do exist. But I hated it. And I can't give it the benefit of the doubt like other movies for, like you, like uh, like Goodfellas that get a higher rating just because it's like, okay, I hated it. But it's like, it's good acting. The three points go to Jodie Foster. <laughs> okay. I, just, I, I don't know why I have such a visceral reaction to this, but I hated it. This is a movie I've actively avoided my whole life. So, like, when you show me movies like that, I'm like, I hate it. You already go in hating them. I did. But, like, even fair. if I did, okay, go in there, no thing, I would have hated it. I not like I read up on it beforehand. I didn't know anything that was going to happen in this movie, which makes me hate it more. I probably would have hated it less if I had spoiled it for myself. Because then I'd be like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> but I don't do that because I'm like, got to get my old man to come out. Yeah. Yeah. We both and That's why. have to rant. In a little bit, you'll find out how Lee will be getting his come up old man. But um, before that, we got to get our final thoughts and our rating from Lee to Paddock Boys. Well, we all, we know you're fine. I mean, not we know you like the movie, but like you said, you had some final thoughts. Oh boy, <laughs> I think I forgot what I was gonna say. Okay, well, what's your rating? Maybe you'll remember as you talk about that. Ah, right. Yeah. Oh, now I remember. What I was gonna say. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, I I love I'm the complete opposite of Sterling. I love everything about this movie pretty much. Um, I I love the acting. I think I think it may yeah, it's my f- maybe my favorite Robert De Niro performance. Travis Bickle might be my favorite character. In any movie, oh god! Because I just—it's not even because he's a—he's not a likable person, at all. He's quite detestable, really. But I find him fascinating, and in a horrible way, in some aspects, I do Red flag. sort of reflect relate to him. All right, like after this podcast, I'll be calling the California police force. <laughs> Not a, for the fucking murderous... Put a, gun, put a gun ban on The you. murder urges or anything like that. But just like his frustration with society sometimes and feeling his loneliness, his depression, you know, just eating 
horrible things and just kind of letting himself go. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I love the cinematography of this film. I think it's one of the most beautifully ugly films ever made. I like movies like that. Yes, you do. They make ugliness look great. Cinematography is super important to you. Oh, yeah. Um... I uh, and I feel like the writing in this movie is really strong. The the dialogue I feel like is is great. Ugh. And the the narration makes my skin crawl. It's meant to. And that's why I love it. Uh there's a lot but there's a lot of improv during this film too. The s- the famous scene, we didn't even mention the most famous iconic scene in this film where Robert De Niro is talking to himself in the mirror. Oh, it's yeah. the famous are you talking to me? Are you, are you talking, talking to me? me? Which has been parodied so and many times at this times, point. Yeah, but uh, that scene uh, was not even written into the script. What was written? What happens in the script is that it just says Travis looks in the mirror, and Robert De Niro just made up that whole thing. And that I do like scenes like that because then you just I just imagine being the director like, no one stop him. <laughs> like yeah, because he says like some crazy shit during that scene. Yeah, like that's when you usually get it the bet like when it's done well, like the Leo DiCaprio, Leo DiCaprio where he smashes his hand on the thing and he accidentally cuts himself really bad, but then he smears the blood on the woman's face, mm-hmm. which she did, which gives her a true horrific reaction. Reaction, and he and he's just like ah, right, and then he like ad libs like some of those lines. You're just like, damn, when that happens. Now that it's ad-libbed, it's even better. Yeah. I do like myself some ad-libs. I think the, f- I think at least the first scene between De Niro and Harvey Keitel is improv. Or ad-libbed. Mm. It kind of feels that way. Oh, wait. Uh, real quick, shout out to one of the actors in this movie. Uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah, and I forgot. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Got to shout him out. Wizard. I love him. R.I.P. He was a great actor. I, I mean, I love him from Everybody Loves Raymond and Young Frankenstein, but. He's all. Yes. Those are his, the things he's most famous for. Uh, But he's also one of the more likable characters. Yes, because he's just he's just a cabbie. And but he's not all. But he's not the other cabbie. That's like connection with like a weirdo. <laughs> he's just a cabbie. Yeah, that one, that one dude's like, hey, I got a piece of Errol Flynn's bathtub. You want it for 50 bucks? I'm like, no. It's like, what? Get Who are you? you? Weirdo. Uh, but yeah, Peter Boyle's great in this movie. He plays a character named Wizard. Yes. The guy who kind of gives advice to Travis. A bit, but then he's like, that's the worst advice ever. And he's just like, he's what like, am what I do you, What do you expect? I'm a fucking cabbie. <laughs> you cringe lord. <laughs> he's like, Go if you took my advice, you'd not be so fucking weird. Exactly. Like, let it go. Like, it doesn't matter. That's what I, the whole time I just wanted to tell Robert Nero, no one cares. No one cares. But But it's not that big of a deal. But that's how a lot of people are. There's a lot of. I know. I want to tell them, like, crazy people out there. Stop giving such a fuck. Some people don't care so much. Okay, society doesn't care about you. Boobity, 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 boo, hoo, hoo. Guess what? All you can control is your life. Control who you are friends with. Control your job. You can't be like, but then the, there's criminals. Who gives a fuck? Petco grinds up their baby birds. Like, all right, cool. 
Well, I mean, that's the whole point is that he's just. He can't let it go. He can't let it go, and he's not. You know, he isn't important. Yeah, and he should have gotten help. That's fine to not be important. Yeah. This movie's not saying that it's not good to not be important. It's not really saying anything. Okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. I feel like the ending actually has a lot to say, but when it, when society just proclaims him as a hero for murdering people. Well, that's the saying of society of the 70s. Our society nowadays would call him a monster. Okay. Not here. Still, it's saying something. Sure. All right, fine. We'll just wrap it up. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I saw that. Masterpiece. I guess you have to give your top five 10 out of 10. But do you even give Jaws a 10 out of 10? Yes. Really? Jaws. I mean, I do. I, I give it a super high rating, but I don't know about 10 out of 10. But Jaws is a nearly perfect film. I guess I can't really think anything wrong with it. But yeah, I guess it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. There you go. 70s man knew no. how to make movies back then. No, fuck you. I d- 70s movies on are it's like the worst decade to me. Not at all. Except for Star Wars. Not and, at all. And Rambo. Rambo came out in the 80s. Bam, gotcha. Better era. No. No. I don't even know. I don't, there's probably a ton of movies I like from the 70s and I just don't know cuz I don't pay attention to this. <laughs> but I don't I, mean, I don't really li- I just don't really like even the aesthetic of the 70s. I love it. I, everything's just so dirty back then. Yeah, I, maybe that's why I don't like it. and grainy. I like that. Like the eighties is dirty, but things are on the come up a little bit because of Reagan. And we're modernizing. No, I like the. I love eighties movies. I need to show you an eighties movie. The eighties felt like more carefree. You didn't really see because by the eighties, people are like, "All right, Vietnam's done." Like they weren't thinking about Vietnam at all anymore by the eighties. No. The Cold War was like going, and it was kind of at its height, but it was kind of like they're declining power. Let's so like America was becoming more. more like, and technology was really like pfft, starting to skyrocket in the eighties. The last of our golden years. Uh, we got over the oil like embargo of the seventies. I mean, there was problematic obviously, crack, AIDS, all that shit of the eighties, but Reagan, just Reagan war on general. crime, shit like that. Well, <laughs> after this movie, because Lee had to give me a cow, he Lee had to torture me after I showed him fucking Friends with Benefits. That was part of the reason why he chose this movie this week. Um, yeah. I was just going like, I need bubblegum friendship goodness. And I also, I was like, I need Lee to be like, you think this is better than Taxi <laughs> I want to see the flabbergasted feeling because i do generally genuinely think this is a better movie that we're gonna watch next week sorority wars (laughs) it's a straight to dvd lucy hall pretty little liars movie it's just lee i can't wait i'm already sick it's gonna be hilarious because it's just such the opposite of what taxi driver is no really like and when you see me more emotionally invested and like more affected by the things that happen in this it's it's like when when we were watching friends with benefits and you're just sitting there watching me go (laughs) and having genuine like fun with the movie and you're like this piece of shit (laughs) yep 
Um, but yes, to be that again. <laughs> but almost a little worse because this does not have a big movie budget. <laughs> this is a 2014. And the title something. already makes me cringe. Sorority Wars. Did I read him the little summary? <laughs> I already want to jump off a building. I know it's gonna be beautiful, everybody. Um, it's gonna be we're gonna be reverse ratings, except I don't think it's a ten out of ten, but. It's going to be a high rating versus a very low rating, I'm assuming. This is probably the first movie in a long time because, well, no, you gave Friends with Benefits a low rating. Four. Um, but I think this one will potentially get worse. This could be. For you. This could be a For us, real cinephile. I understand that my movies are not for cinephiles, but. Yeah, especially after we just watched this. Yeah. This is a cinephile's dream. Um, this is a movie that's inspired go many like, filmmakers. Like, the masses like it, but they're like, there's probably a decent amount of population that say, I don't like it. Maybe they don't this hate is, it like me. No, it's definitely not a movie for everybody. Um, But yes, that wraps it up. Um, We hope you've been enjoying these longer podcasts. We've been trying to just kind of like not force ourselves to be in this hour time limit so we can really get the full summaries and full thoughts of the movies out. Um. As always, shame. Uh, as always, before shameless plug, uh, please rate, review, and share the podcast. It really helps us out, and all it, does, it takes is just a click of that five star rating, because that's we know that's what you want to give it. Um, Come on, you just click it. You don't even have to write us a review. I mean, if you want to write us a review, that'd be great. But just click the rating. It helps out so much. Uh, now, shameless plug. Please follow our Instagram. It's not the worst movie ever pod. There you'll find our TikTok. And our personal Instagrams all linked. Um, shameless plug for myself. You'll find this all in my bio of my personal Instagram. Follow my dog's Instagram and TikTok. Uh, the, des- uh, underscore, the underscore desert underscore star. Uh, and then just the desert star at TikTok. T- uh, desert star 2. But you'll find all that link in my bio. Uh, follow me on my Hammer books. My Hammer, uh, my book TikTok. That I review books and manga and things like that. Uh, well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a butting head episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, enjoy those bit. ones a little more. Uh, we hope you have a great week, and we hope you. Uh, and as always, we hope you watch uh, Sorority Wars before next week, so you can kind of discuss it along with us. Yeah. Um, like you did with Taxi Driver. We hope. Um, And we'll see you next week and have a great week. I'm going to go get an Uber. Good.